<laughs> Good morning. My name is Stephen. I'm an elder and a member of the teaching team at Rock Hills. And today we are finishing up our series called I Love Rock Hills. And we've been talking about the principles that guide us as a church. The first principle Adam talked about three weeks ago, which is come as you are. That means you do not have to dress a certain way, behave a certain way, do certain things to come and be on the journey we're with us. We want everyone joining us on the journey. And then Adam talked again the next week about connecting because we really want people to be able to connect to other people who are on the journey with them. I'll talk last week about how we want to change. That doesn't mean change who you are. That means grow to be more like Christ. Glow to be more like, I think I said glow because of this. <laughs> grow to be more like Christ. And today I'm going to talk about serve, because something we do at Rock Hills is serve others. And uh, I was thinking about this, you know, this word serve in the U.S., we have a kind of funny relationship with that word. If you were at someone's house for dinner and they said, oh, I'll let one of the servants get that, you'd be like, what, what? It's a very strange concept to us Uh, a little bit. I remember in graduate school, I was invited to someone's house for dinner. Several of us were, and this guy and his wife put on a nice dinner. And in that culture, they weren't from the U.S., in that culture, hosting was critical and key. And serving your guests was extremely important. And the way it worked is they divided that service, and the, the guy stayed with us, and the woman did the service. But it was so much so, you know, every time, what do you need? She'll get it. What do you need? She'll get it. No, don't you get up. She'll get it. You know, it made us a little bit, no, really, I can take some plates to the, it's, I can help you. you know, it's a funny kind of relationship we have with this idea of service. You know, when I host stuff in my house, I'll occasionally get calls from people and say, what, what can I bring? And I'm like, no, really, I'm happy to get it for you. And they're like, you don't understand. What can I bring? I'm like, okay, okay, that's great. You can bring, you can bring this because we all don't want to feel maybe that someone is serving us. And since I'm talking about hosting things at my house, I was given permission by Pastor Adam to do a shameless plug for the event that I'm hosting coming up at two weeks, or it's a week from this Friday. We play in Texas Hold'em, which is a form of poker. It's a really great evening with people, uh, adults, any adults here, anybody you want to invite. We just spend time together. It's a great time. And if you're new you won't feel silly. It's a great place to learn the game for the first time because we, we help you out and everything. Ten bucks is the most you can lose, and it's a pretty cheap entertainment. You'll really enjoy it. So that's on um, November 11th, and information is on rockhills.com. But as I said, we do have a funny relationship with the word service, and so because it's so important to us, Rock Hills spared no expense to contact a world-renowned panel of experts on what does it mean to serve other people. And we were able to actually fund a video to let them explain to us what service meant. Could you play that video with those experts, please? What does it mean to serve somebody? It basically means to help them and be kind to serve somebody? Uh, give something to them and be nice. Is anybody who serves you? My mom. Your mom? Alright, so what does it mean to serve somebody? Well, there's many different meanings 
Um, one of them can mean like you're playing a game and you like beat them. Hmm? But it could also mean like you're giving them like you can serve them like different kinds of things. You can serve them like trust, like food, mm -hmm. all that, all different kinds of stuff. That's great. Thank you. Well, clearly I lied again because we spared expense on the video quality. <laughs> that was my iPhone. But um, I know some of you are sitting there right now because I am the world's biggest skeptic. And there are probably a few of you who are skeptics here. And you're like, wait, this is a message on service. They had those adorable kids come sing. And he just showed a video of the kid. He's going to pressure me to work in Sunday school, isn't he? That's coming. Uh, <laughs> well. I just want to say, I, I, I'm so much of a skeptic that my wife has to tell me all the time, knock it off, okay? But um, I want to say, I want to, today, if you are one who tends to think that way, and you think I'm being manipulative, I, I want people to serve, because I think that's how God has wired us, but it doesn't have to be here. Now, we, we want it to be here, but it doesn't have to be here, and that's not my main point today. My main point is doing what God has told us to do. So if you need to do it somewhere else that you can convince yourself it wasn't all a scam, that's fine. I understand, you know. Go ahead and do that. So God does want us to serve others. God wants us to serve others, and we know this in several ways. One way is that Jesus himself gave this example right before he was executed, right before he was crucified. He washed his disciples' feet. And Adam talked about that uh, two weeks ago. Um, he was the son of God, and he stooped to wash feet. This was a very lowly thing. Remember, our feet today, we shower, we have socks, we have shoes. They're clean. Back then, they would have been muddy, sweaty, and gross. And it was really something that was a very low station. If you ever had a job doing something very low, I had a job one summer where I was an orderly in a hospital and I got to change bedpans, right? I still remember, I can't say your name for patient confidentiality, but I remember this one room, every time that light lit up, yes, bedpan. <laughs> Yay. Very lowly thing to do, it's a, but you serve other people. Jesus gave this example that when you serve other people, it should be without regard to station. You should serve them because you love them. And he did this by washing their feet. Now, not only does Jesus himself provide an example of serving others, but if you're a Christ follower this morning, we are commanded in the scripture to serve others. We are commanded to serve others. Should have a verse here, Galatians 5, 13. Got it? Yep. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love really like this verse because it says we have freedom. One of the things we were freed from was the multiple uh, rules and regulations that were set up in the Old Testament. That's one way that we are free. We are free from that. But what Jesus or what um, Paul is saying here is don't use that freedom. And I'm talking to myself to start another TV show on Netflix, right? You use that freedom to serve other people to show them demonstratively that God loves them, right? Because you can say to somebody, God loves you, man. God loves you. God pray for you. Bless you. You can say God loves you. They're easy words to say. 
But when you do something that requires a sacrifice of your own time, that makes more of an impact, right? You know, I hear from the guys who go to Honduras to do, to do the wells, you know, to do the, not the wells, the water systems. They are asked, why on earth are you doing this? Why are you leaving your comfort to come help us? And that opens the door. That makes a connection with people. They have credibility to say because God loves us and in turn we love you. One of the phrases I read in a book that I really like, it's a really great book. Uh, it's called Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. It's about a woman who was very, very far from God in her life. And there was a pastor and his wife who had input into her lives, invited her to dinner, invited her on holidays, invited her on holidays that are typically just family. And when she was talking about her, ro her road toward God, one of the things she talked about is how that pastor and his wife spent pricey time, pricey time, meaning time that cost them something, time that cost them something. This was a time normally you'd want to spend it with your family, but they spent it with her as well. And I think spending pricey time with people is a way to show them we love you, right? You are worth something to us. As a church family, we have opportunity to do this coming up. One of our serving events that we're going to have coming up is Among the Broken, Thanksgiving Day. That's right, Thanksgiving Day, 9 to 11, two hours with people in a nursing home, hanging out with them, playing games, and saying, you're important to us. These are people that on a day where TV and everything says you should be with family, they may not be with family. They may not have anyone. It's a couple of hours but it is pricey time, and it is, um, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, you know, someone has to make dinner, and she's like, you know, maybe the person making dinner might like not having the distraction. So not, not everybody in the house has to make dinner. Some can go to this. But this is an opportunity that we have to invest in people and show them God's love. This is with Miguel Meza, um, who has an organization called Among the Broken, who ministers to people who are broken, and that's what we're doing on uh, Thanksgiving Day. We'd love for you to join us if you can. Another thing about serving people that has some kind of side benefit is it builds community. When you serve together with other people, you become close with the people you serve with because you're doing a task together for other people. I'm going to read a bit from Acts chapter 2 where this is right after Jesus has, he's been resurrected, he's been on the earth for 40 days, and then he goes back into heaven. And these are the earliest Christians, the earliest believers. And this is in a time when they were being persecuted. So listen to how they uh, live together in community. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, this is not a call today that you have to give all your possessions, but what I'm saying is if you were in that community, would you know that you were loved by the way other people were serving you, other people selling what they had to give to you? You would believe this message of love. You would believe this message that there is a divine love from God. Because these people are doing things that nobody does normally, right? They are selling what they have to give to others. 
one of our core values here at Rock Hills is uh, connecting. This is one way that we connect. Another core value is change or grow to be like Christ. And I think that by serving others, that's one way we change and grow. I'm going to read an instruction from the Bible to people who put their faith in Christ. And it's from Philippians. And I want you to listen to it carefully because these are easy words to say, but they're really, really hard to act out. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, even the death of a criminal. Bible instructs us that part of how our minds transform when we focus on Christ is by thinking of other people as being more important than ourselves. This is the process of changing or maturing in Christ, and it's not easy to do. But serving is one of the ways that we get there. Serving others is one of the ways that we change our focus from ourselves to others and through others, focusing on others, we focus on Christ and the sacrifice that he made. Now, I think it's interesting because I would say modern scientific evidence even confirms the benefits of uh, helping others. I found this on the web. These are things that make complete sense, and this is not why I believe this stuff. I believe it because it's in the Bible, but it makes sense, and it helps confirm in me that God has wired us to serve others. Benefits to others, it promotes positive physiological changes in the brain, It brings a sense of belonging and reduces isolation. It helps keep things in perspective. It reduces stress and improves health. It reduces negative feelings, and it can help us live longer. We are built by God to serve. Jesus gave the example himself. He gave, we have commands to serve. It's something that we do and something that at Rock Hills we value, something that we value. Now, Jesus showed us that we can serve others. But I also think it's important that we don't serve for the wrong reasons. I feel like I'm a little bit of a minority here because I grew up very churchy, churchy, churchy. (laughs) Yeah, not everybody here grew up going to church all the time. So this one strikes home for me. There are two reasons that I have up here that I think we should not, that are kind of bad reasons to serve. One is guilt and the other is pride. One is guilt and the other is pride. Um, there's a good Bible verse that explains how we are to serve. Let's put that up. It's Ephesians uh, 6, verse 7. It's a simple instruction to the Ephesians, to the people that lived in Ephesus. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. And part of my thinking is, why does this verse have to even be there? Why would he have to encourage people to serve wholeheartedly? I would assume because there were some who were not serving wholeheartedly, right? And I think... The two biggest reasons for that can be guilt and pride. The first I want to talk about is guilt. If you're serving out of guilt, you know, I think you're serving for the wrong reason. There are some of you possibly, when I put up this thing about Thanksgiving, that said to yourself, 
I just, I, I just can't. I've got this commitment, and yet other people are doing it somehow. I don't know. How, what, what are they going to think of me? I, what, they're going to think that I don't go to enough. No, there is no guilt. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Right? And that's how we are as a church as well. We want to provide opportunities to you, but we realize not everybody can go to everything. We don't want you to feel guilt over this. The other thing to remember is those works of service are not earning your way to heaven, right? If you've put your faith in Christ today, your sins have been forgiven past, present, and future, and your salvation is secure. It says in Ephesians, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. I encourage you that if you are a person that lives a lot of guilt about, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough, I can't measure up, God can't love me, uh, I encourage you, uh, if you struggle with that, with a book that I read that I found really helpful. Now, this is by a guy called Sky Jathani, and I feel like I'm overemphasizing a book almost by putting up here, but when you have a name like Sky Jathani, if I say it out loud and someone really wants to use it, there's no way you're writing it down correctly, right? <laughs> Skyja? Who is Skyja? I don't know. His book is also titled With, a word that is in 30% of book titles if you're trying to look it up on Amazon. So it's kind of a hard thing to find, which is why I, I uh, asked for this slide to be made, but... It's a really good book about talking about reimagining your relationship with God. And if you're a person that has a lot of guilt about your relationship with God, uh, I really recommend this as a, good, as a good read. And now there are probably some of you that are like, have guilt about your input queue of books that people have recommended, you know? Because if you're like me, I've got this many books I want to read in about this much time, right? So don't feel guilty about that one either. But it really is a good book if you're looking to, if you're wrestling with issues of guilt. Second thing that I think is kind of a not a great reason to serve is pride. If you're serving so that you can go check boxes with other people and say, aren't I wonderful because I serve? I think that's a wrong reason to serve. I want you to listen to these words that Jesus said. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. If you're doing this to look good to others, that's really not the right reason either. We should do it because Jesus loved us enough to send his son to die for us in our stead, the lowly death of a criminal. We're not doing this for credit. We're doing this because, um, we're doing this because we love them. All right. You know, also, in this very same passage where Jesus talks about don't give, don't give money just to be recognized by people, it's this same passage where he says, and by the way, when you pray, don't carry on for your own glory like the religious leaders do. And then he says, in fact, this is how you ought to pray. And we know what comes next, right? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When he gave that prayer, 
it was an example of being short, sweet, and to the point, right? And not going on and on and on in front of other people. This is a lesson throughout the Bible, I would say, that we are to do things to serve because we love God, not to get the praise of uh, fellow human beings. So the Bible always t- also tells us how to serve, and I've, I call this serve like no one's watching. And what I mean is serve in little ways when you can in whatever circle God has given to you. First of all, no amount of service is too small. I think we see this illustrated in Mark 12 here where it says, Jesus sat down at the place where the offerings were put in and watched the crowd putting their money into the treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I, say t- I tell you, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Don't ever think that a small amount of service is meaningless. It's meaningful. It has impact. You hear stories all the time of people that say, that person didn't realize how much that small act of kindness, of service, of grace meant for me. I encourage you this morning that when you have small opportunities, take advantage of them because it will carry a witness of the love God has for us. I also say, don't use the excuse that I got to be a theologian before I do something. Uh, You just use the gifts that God has given you. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's just use the gifts God has given you. You know, I think it's, I think it's funny when people talk about what area of service would be hard for them. It's like, well, then don't do that one. Do one that you're gifted for, right? Do one that you're, you're gifted for. Um, I, tried, I tried one time to help Miguel with the sound. We discovered what was not my gift, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's really not my gift. <laughs> That's okay. I do other things, right? You do as you're gifted, Find a way to serve. You don't have to be a theologian. I also say it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's a lifestyle of giving. I, uh, I don't know how many of you have read, and now this is the third book that I'm recommending, and so I want no one to feel guilty over this. This is just a really great book, too. I don't know how many of you have read The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. It's, a, it's an amazing story. Uh, Corey and her sister, uh, Betsy Elizabeth, uh, they were unmarried and kind of older, and they lived with their father in the Netherlands. He was a watchmaker. And this was during World War II. And the Germans came, and they're a very devout Christian family, and uh, they, hid, they hid Jews in their house. This is something that came on pain of death, right? They hid a lot of Jews. And what was amazing to me, there were so many things amazing about that book. The, a lot of the book is about her journey through prison, because they were caught. The Jews that were hid with them were not caught. But they were caught. She, her sister and her father, they went to prison first. Her father died about a week or two after coming to the prison. And they were eventually transferred to a concentration camp. So, and her sister died in the camp. Um, 
But what was amazing that to me reminds me of service is before they were caught and while they were hiding Jews, this is very dangerous work they were doing, they served the people in their house trying as hard as they can during a period of rations to enable the Jews in their home to observe the Jewish holidays with the right foods, with the right time, with the right schedule. It would have been so easy to say, look, I'm saving your life. You get what you get. But they were, to the end, service. And this was, nobody was looking. Nobody was giving them credit. In fact, everything they did had penalty of death, potentially. And yet, they served them solely, solely because of the love God had shown them. It's an amazing story. It's called The Hiding Place. Um, I'm really happy to be part of Rock Hills because Rock Hills believes in service and provides lots of opportunities to serve. I grew up in a church, as I said, I grew up churchy, churchy, churchy. (laughs) And in my church, we did not serve just to serve. We talked about the Bible in Greek, but we didn't serve just to serve. The only service I did was to raise money to go on a ski trip. Only service, and that's not service, right? Someone who had me do that doesn't say, wow, God must really love me. He says, wow, that kid must really want to go skiing, right? I mean, that's, that's the way it was. So I'm very happy that my kids were being taught and that I'm being retaught the value of service. We have lots of ways to serve Rock Hills and here at Rock Hills. I'm going to talk about some of them. I encourage you because we're designed this way. But again, there is no guilt If you want to help the nursing home and you can't go on Thanksgiving morning, which is understandable, you may not be able to go, we have possibility to give blankets. You can bring blankets and slippers and other things for the people in the home. It's part of what we call serve first because service is an important thing to us. We have many different opportunities throughout the year to do this service. Um, You'll hear about them from the stage. We try to do things, you know, every once in a while where we go somewhere, sometimes it's taking up collections. We've got a really exciting thing. I don't think I have time to describe fully, but it's called Affordable Christmas that we participate in. Man, it is awesome. It is beyond giving presents to kids at Christmas. The idea is to give the parents dignity by buying things at a reduced price so they don't feel like, oh, I require charity. They can buy. It's, It's such a neat thing that ministers to parents and kids, and that will be coming up in December. We have a setup crew. All this stuff, you know, these curtains, everything you see is set up every day, every Sunday, and, and torn down. Uh, Gilbert Villalobos, I wanted to kind of mention the people that are leaving. Gilbert, are you here? Yeah, Gilbert's at the back. If you want to talk about something. This is easy and fun way to do it. Men, women, anybody can do it. And Gilbert will, will, will set you up, and you will accomplish things you didn't think you can accomplish because he's pretty... Incredible. We have a first impressions team. Do we have Stanzi? Is Stanzi in here? Let's see. Where's Stanzi? Yep. She might be. Yeah, she's outside making a first impression. Um, so this is the greeters. These are the greeters and the people that greet you. This is so easy. Again, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't say, hello, what is your position on the following Greek issue in the Bible? No, you just say, hi, welcome to Rock Hills. Easy thing to do. We have a tech team in the back that does setup and slides and sound um, brew crew, we have brew crew that, uh, see, is Laura back there? She may be counting and doing other things in the kitchen. Yep, Laura's back there. She does brew crew. I forgot to mention, um, Miguel does our tech. Miguel in the back does our tech. 
Yes. We have worship team. If you're interested in singing, if you're interested in playing uh, instruments, uh, Jesse, you can talk to Jesse. Jesse's got to be here, right? right here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I always love it when Jesse talks like this into the microphone. It's great. Uh, we also have an incredible team that deals with youth. We have people do a base camp. You saw these adorable kids come up and sing today. And then we also have a, a middle school that's led by Megan DeYoung, who is right here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we also have um, the Jensens and the Gibsons who deal with our high schoolers who meet um, once a month. This is such an incredible blessing. Larry and Rose one Sunday, just Rose, I think especially, Felt led to do this. Yeah. Felt led. Hey, we can help. We can serve in this way. And it grew, and it started meeting every other week. And then we had the Gibsons join and help because the kids, the high school kids, were so excited to do extra time uh, in, tr- in faith community that we moved to doing it every Sunday. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible blessing. There are lots of opportunities here at Rock Hills to serve. Again, if you can't serve here, serve somewhere else because God has designed us to do so. So serving others is a central part of Rock Hills. Uh, it brings together, come as you are, connect, and change. And we're really excited. We're excited for all of our volunteers who work with us, so much so that we're inviting any volunteers or anybody interested in volunteering or anybody moderately interested in volunteering to come with us after church um, at, to Biggs, for a volunteer, for a volunteer lunch. Um, if you're even a little bit interested, the volunteer leaders will mostly be there, so you can talk to them about what does it mean, what's the commitment, and everything. Biggs is on 1604 between Bitters and Hebner. We'll be there around 12:30 because our volunteers have to have time to tear down to get over there. So um, we and, and it's free. Oh yes, did I not say free? Wow, um, it is it is free. We are treating you to lunch because we appreciate what the volunteers have done. Yay! Excellent, excellent. So we're, so we are glad that you're here with us on this journey, and I pray for you that you will find ways in which you can serve others and demonstrate God's love to them by simple service. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the ultimate sacrifice and example of service that your son Jesus Christ showed. I pray pray that there's anyone here who does not know you personally, that they would feel uh, led to talk to Pastor Adam or me or anyone else after church or prayer team after church to find out how to come into this relationship to you. And I pray that you would give every one of us opportunities to serve as we go throughout this week and out the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.